Labour up. Labour down. That's a two-year low. And banning foreign donations. The actual effect is probably quite negligible. Kia ora and welcome to One News Inside Parliament, our last episode of the year, our Christmas-themed episode. And it is also the 99th episode of Inside Parliament for those avid watchers. We'll be going into our 100th next year. Uh, this is our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering. I'm Katie Bradford. And I'm Benedict Collins. And to kick off, we're going to have, have a, few a few fun questions out of the Santa hat. Santa hat there? Yeah, all right. We, we have no idea off? what these questions are. Right. Favourite moment of the year, Katie? I think um, this is a story that's vaguely political, but a woman came to me, well, actually her son came to me earlier in the year and said she couldn't, uh, that she was disabled, couldn't get a house, a house in New Zealand, a house she'd been on the waiting list for a long time uh, and was really struggling. It was just one of those awful stories. Uh, and I got in touch with Housing New Zealand, did the story. Funnily enough, within a few hours, they said they were changing their mind and she was getting a house. She moved in a couple of months later. And that's something that I just think is really cool as a journalist to be able to help someone like that and, uh, um, and hopefully make a difference. Yeah, and I've, I've often thought in the past too, it's often, you know, sometimes you do stories on big issues that will change for big things, but sometimes when you, make, you know, something changes just for one person and you really help them, it's, you know, it's, a really it's nice, quite rewarding because it's, really it's nice easier to, to sort think of about, personalise yeah. it. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I've got lots of favourite moments, but one thing that really cracked me up recently was um, Shane Jones singing Tutanamana Iwi <laughs> to the um, Angry Farmers outside Parliament. <laughs> I thought that was just fantastic. I loved every second of that. <laughs> It's always always Shane Jones guaranteed to yeah. give us a um, yeah. give yeah. us a hand with there. That one says last, so I just won't use that one. Biggest issue of the year. Oh, but it'd have to be the you know, the the Christchurch mosques mm. attacks and the response to it, the gun the gun reform, the cracking down on or trying to crack down as best you can on extremism, trying to shut down um you know, it's it's spreading on the internet. I think that's pretty pretty clearly. You know, it's had global. It's the global impact, right? It's yeah. not just in New Zealand. You know, us changing laws here around and people yeah. being far more aware of these issues about what we share online and so mm. forth. And the gun laws, which is obviously a massive issue, will continue it's still, to be it's still and rolling will, on. Right? It will continue yep. to roll yep. on for some time. But the fact we've even got at the moment this workshop with Google um, going yeah. on here in Wellington, and so I think this is you know such a terrible, terrible event may actually force some change. Yeah. Which doesn't always happen. Any other big... What do you think, think some of the big, other big I mean, ones? I think there's, there's, a, there's the big political issues that continue to go on um, and, you know, around the economy and housing and so forth and all those big things. But I think Christchurch really has taken over a lot of what what has got happened this year. Yeah, and another one that sticks out for me would be... Um, welfare and, and welfare reform and just those numbers of the, the lack of it yeah you know the few um things that the government actually has implemented from that big welfare reform and just those like incredible growth in the number of kiwis without enough to eat who are having to go in and get food grants you know on a weekly basis i think it's about a hundred thousand a month yeah you know it's incredible and and <laughs> and associated with that the homeless right homeless Mm. Is still rising, and every month when I look at the social well, the social housing waiting list figures, they continue to go up, and that says a huge lot about our society and all the promises that Labor made. But two years on, those are still massive issues, and we aren't seeing any change in them. And the government uses the line that well, it's because more people are coming forward um, to say they need help. Well, great if they are, but that doesn't solve the fact that there's yeah. still a massive problem there. 
And, and the cost of living is and outstripping. And the cost of living still going on. And there's still not enough houses around the country. It doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. It's not just an Auckland problem like it was maybe four or five years ago. It's everywhere. So these, I think, as we go into election year next year, these are the issues. The things that actually affect people in the pocket and affect them day to day are essentially the issues that people end up voting on. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, on that cherry note, right? Um, Labour conference, I think. We'll just... We'll, yeah, should we'll talk- we- yeah, sure. Rip into in, into, the, into our tracks. So over the weekend, I um, headed up with our, our, our One News crew up to Whanganui for the um, Labour Party conference. Let's have a look at this track. Turning up to the party with a four hundred million dollar present. Next year, almost every single state school and kura in New Zealand will receive a one-off payment of up to four hundred thousand dollars to upgrade their classrooms and facilities claiming she's just making up for nine years of neglect under National. When we see a problem, we fix it. When something is broken, we rebuild it. Any government since Adam and Eve will be trying to deliver this. The problem for Labour is they haven't delivered, uh, and I don't know that we can expect them to. Uh, They're very good at the talk, not so good at the actions. It's not just schools the government hopes will benefit. Um, Then that will have that additional benefit of supporting local jobs, tradespeople, landscapers, those who are redo roofing, replace guttering. So that is an extra bonus. What sort of things have you seen at at New Zealand schools? Um, You name it, I've probably seen it. Welcome news at this Wellington school today, but with a note of caution. I don't think um, it's enough, uh, but certainly it's going to be a jolly good start to get us going. A long list of projects already identified. We've had to put off painting certain parts of the building, um, re-carpeting certain rooms. Um, a lot of our classrooms have a very 80s and 90s look to them. Uh, so it'll be really good to get real joy for the children. And it got wider backing too. We know that there are many school buildings across the country that are old, that do need replacing. Is it a ploy to win parents' votes? Uh, That is rather cynical. Election year clearly on the mind though. We can win in 2020, so bring it on and let's keep doing this. And today's $400 million surprise won't hurt. So what was the vibe? It was interesting. Um, I think people were pretty, pretty happy. You know, I um, talked about it on this breakfast TV earlier this week. But when I went around with my camera operator there and went up to Labour Party members, I was like, oh, "Can I have a chat? Can I, you know, can we have a, can I chat to you about how you think the coalition government's going and the issues and stuff?" Hundred percent of them said yes. You know, well, of every, say everyone was well, or not everyone, right? Yeah. Uh, at some political parties, they no, nah, I don't want to talk to you, kind mm. of thing. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas here, everyone was happy to talk. They all thought the government was going well. Interestingly, you know, I asked them about those tensions um, with with New Zealand First as well. Uh, yeah, you know, and the controversy they've sort of been creating recently. And it, it was some of the answers were pretty cool. You know, so one person was saying, "Oh." You know, I, I think you know a bit of tension, a bit of conflict in any relationships, a good thing, and it helps you help get better decisions. Someone else was saying, oh, "I can't believe how well Labour, the Greens, and, and, and New Zealand First have fox trotted around, managed to fox trot around the room." That person probably had quite low expectations for how it's yeah, going to yeah. go. Um, and an interesting announcement that four hundred yeah. million dollars pumping that um, to schools right throughout the country. Um, Always going to be a winner. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. And a winner on a couple of fronts. One, you're going to have voters with kids going to be like, hey, Great. the government's $700 for my child worth of upgrades mm. for every child in the country, um, you know, into these schools. But it's not 
you know, it's not just the school that's going to get upgraded and kids are going to have better facilities and, you know, things are going to get repaired and done up. But you're going to be you know, pumping jobs. money to those, the, the tradies, the plumbers, the, you know, the re-roofers, yeah. those guys as well. So it could have quite a good effect and right around the country. And, it's, it's sort of, you know, and regionally, school. you know, if you're in Tekaha, if you're wherever you are, yeah. you know, around the country, you're going to actually get a Northland that's going to create jobs and work and, you know, give a better learning environment for the kids. And that's why that policy is always going to be a winner for Labour, whether they meant for it to be now or whether they were maybe waiting for it for election year. But I think also, when you know, there's all this talk about we've obviously got next week the big um, infrastructure announcement coming when, when Grant Robertson mm. opens the books. But this is one that can get started straight away. And that's the big thing. But and that's what everyone wants is something that actually you can get the tools out over the summer holidays to be, and get that done. They're going to have to be looking to other try and find other schemes well, like that as well, it. right? Now more more schemes. Else, you you know, know. Not, I yeah. think what they're going to want is try and find as many schemes similar to that where you can get sort of instant yep. results. Like those schools are, can basically start accessing the money. They can probably get up and running in January, right? Well, start over the summer fun. holidays, right? If you knew you had some carpet that need ripped up and some classrooms that need painting, yeah, you can get, the you get people rolling. in and get them um, in and get doing it and have it all fresh for the new year. So... Yeah, but then yeah. speaking of that, um, Labour feeling perhaps buoyed and very happy on Sunday, we had our one news comma Brunton poll, ready for them on Monday night. Some Christmas joy for the National Party. Our latest one news comma Brunton poll showing that, with the support of ACTS, they could form a government. It's our second poll in a row putting the party in the driver's seat. Meanwhile, more bad news for Labour. Let's have a look at the numbers. National is down slightly, but I'll be no doubt happy with that 46. Labour's down two on 39. That's a two-year low. The Greens are steady on seven. New Zealand First steady two on four. That's not enough to make it back into Parliament, though, without Labour's help. Good news for ACT, though. It's at 2%, meaning a friend in Parliament for David Seymour, assuming he retains Epsom and national support. The Opportunities Party, New Conservative and Māori Party all picking up one apiece. So how does all this play out in Parliament? Have a look at this. Close, but it's enough. National plus Act's two seats would have them governing with 61. Labour and the Greens, though, agonisingly short with just 59 seats. Now, on these numbers, New Zealand First is out of Parliament. But of course, you can never discount Winston Peters in an election year. Let's look now at preferred Prime Minister. Jacinda Ardern is on 36. That's down two points and her lowest result since taking office. Simon Bridges, though, finally in the double digits again on 10. Judith Collins on four and Winston Peters on three. And not even an MP yet, but Christopher Luxon still gets a look in in this too. For more reaction and analysis from Parliament, here's political reporter Benedict Collins. Simon Bridges riding high, finishing the year just where he wants to be. National has got momentum that we know how to get things done. National's heavy policy focus, making headlines. Strike force raptor, strike force raptor, strike force a raptor. While Mr Bridges has been showing off his skills. One, two, three, four, five. And handing out advice. Just don't become a politician. Support party actors chipper. That's a very encouraging result. It would double its number of MPs. To two. ACT has taken a series of principled and effective stances on difficult issues when nobody else has been prepared to stand up. Labour, on the other hand, on the slide. Their worst result in two years. Nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. But the Prime Minister insists she's not worried. Every poll that um, I've seen in recent times has us faring um, better than we did at the time of the election when we were able to form the government. The two main parties have been jostling for poll position for much of the last two years. 
While Labour had a lift after the Prime Minister was praised for her handling of the mosque attacks, in the last four polls, National has been in the lead, with a seven-point margin in the last two. We don't exist pole to pole. Uh, instead, we focus on the things that we need to be doing, rebuilding New Zealand. New Zealanders gave Jacinda Ardern and her team the benefit of the doubt. But what they're seeing at the end of the second year is the government is not delivering on its promises. Winston Peters' recent donations drama. Fake news. And his behaviour. If you were coming for a scrap, you come to the right place. Didn't dent New Zealand First's popularity in this poll, but it'll need a boost or a seat next year to get back into Parliament. And remember, the government's got more announcements like this up its sleeve. Next year, almost every single state school and kura in New Zealand will receive a one-off payment of up to $400,000. Looking to keep the public sweet in election year. So, uh, not a huge amount of change from our previous poll. Once again, National and ACT able to form a government, but Labour sliding again. And they've, they've just been... That sliding, incremental, sliding, yeah. sliding since since April, and Nationals been in front of them for the last four polls. Last two polls, they've had that seven point gap, and they managed to hold on to it yep. as well. And I think what's interesting in here is start when you start to see trends, and that is ACT. And I think ACT after you know for even at the last election they were written off. You know David Seymour's only there because of the Ebsom deal and so forth. But we're now starting to see ACT creep up in the poll. And when you look at it for this year, he's just gone up and up and up. He was on 1.6% was the exact polling and uh, the exact number in that poll. And depending what happens with New Zealand First, if they get in, if they get over the 5% mark, which they haven't been, there's, if they don't get over 5%, that is good news for ACT because that is all wasted votes that then get spread out to ACT. And I can see David Seymour having a couple of more, couple of mates coming in with him at the next election, which is good news for National as well. They've failed to find another friend, failed to find another party. Looks like they're going to have to rely on ACT and actually David Seymour might pull through and do it. Yeah, it, what is also interesting, I think, is just how close things are. So National Plus Act, mm. on this poll anyway, you know, on this snapshot of where we're at at the moment, sitting on 61, you've got the Greens and Labour 59. sitting on 59 seats, you know, things very close. But also Winston's just below that 5% yeah. threshold. And right? it always gets um, higher. Yeah. Sometimes gets higher, sometimes when gets sometimes gets, gets sometimes gets chucked <laughs> out altogether. Um yeah, but, I, you know, it doesn't take a lot of movement for things to change yep. drastically. And I think, you know, going into election year, um, you know, the government is going to try and hit the ground running. We know next week, um, one of the th- one of the slightly, you know, a, a little annoying things, we um, at the Labour Party conference on the Saturday, we were all sort of, well, the media were locked out of a lot of it, but one of the announcements that we knew was coming was Grant Robertson was doing a, an announcement around the economy. And he came out and said, well, we're going to bring infrastructure funding forward. And um, yeah, you, you can find out in 10 days time, which will be next week. We said, oh, great. You know, what sort of things might you look at um, funding? And he said, Nah, not saying. And um, we no said, deal. well, how much might you be looking to spending? Look, looking at spending? And he said, nah, we're not going to tell you that either. So, um, you know, an announcement that an announcement was coming. But clearly they're going to start pumping these announcements pumping and just hit out. and trying to hit the, you know, um, getting out on the front foot yeah. next year ahead of national. And, and that and infrastructure stuff feeds into Shane Jones, which yeah. I think is the thing to watch for next year. And I think probably early next year is Shane Jones announcing that he's going to stand in Northland. Now, this is where New Zealand things could get interesting for New Zealand first. So if Shane Jones stands for Northland, he will get votes up there. Can he beat national? Can he do a Winston in the by-election? It's a tough ask. It would be a huge ask for him to do it. But that could give New Zealand first a lifeline as well. And 
and I think they'll they're already getting their strategy going behind that, and they'll they'll be really looking at that seriously to do that. Shane knows everyone up north. Uh, he he, despite his his flaws and faults, he is popular up there, and so I think that could make a bit of a difference. But you know, Matt Matt King does have a huge majority there as well. Was it, so, what was it around? Was I it around think it six? was around three or four, but I can't remember off the top of my head's right, head yeah, right so now. He, he, but he, having, he knocked given, Winston out. Given though, he knocked yeah. Winston out, and Winston had won that by-election quite yeah. decisively yeah. to then get knocked out. But but, but you've had three years it, of it pumping, creates an interesting pumping, pumping money into Northland into and North so Fund, forth, right? and the schools and all of these announcements. Um, we've just seen the Taipa Bridge, uh, which was one of. Simon Bridges, 10 Bridges, the first actual bridge to be completed um, and uh, in Northland. And so I think Northland will be a very interesting race next year for that reason, if Shane stands as I believe he is probably likely to do. Yeah. And that means if New Zealand First gets 4.9%, of course, they're back. Yeah. Um, a couple of interesting reactions to the poll. Um, we had we had Simon Bridges sort of saying, well, I think it just shows the public, um, you know, sick of this government not delivering on its big promises and it shows what a um, united strong team we are he gave us quite a few um analog- rugby analogies saying <laughs> oh this is a game of two halves and in, in the in the first year the first half of this game you know voters gave just in return on a government the benefit of the doubt the second you know the second half um you know they've, they've come you know they've come to realize they're simply not delivering and that's why vo- voters are turning against them but the prime minister went on breakfast tv and kind of gave um the one News Colmar Brunton poll a bit of a serve and she said um, hey look the Colmar Brunton One News poll always um, underestimates uh, the Labour Party um, and our pollsters went back and looked at the results over the last three elections. Turns out we overestimate Just well, very 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 slightly. close but just slightly the last three elections 17, 14 and 11 just a couple of um, not, mm. not even points above but just points of a point a, 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 just a tiny few um Decimal yeah. points above what Labour. Um, so, so I think that shows that mm. Labour are rattled. That Jacinda Ardern yeah. was rattled by it because to go on the attack on our poll like that, which Labour don't normally do, yeah. was a, was it was a strange move on. Especially on when you're part. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Check those facts. Check yeah. facts. Um, mm. So I think I think Labour because they can now see that trend, they will be starting to get worried. And yes, like that school's announcement. Good announcement, but you're announcing it just before Christmas. I guess they're hoping people come back from, you know, in the new year and kids have sparkling new classrooms and people have po- possibly had some work over the summer. And new chalk on start. the... Um, yeah, new, new chalk, chalk for the blackboard. I don't know if they still use chalk and blackboard anymore, Benedict. I think oh. you're showing your age there. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they have fancy AV screens right. of some okay, sort. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> shall we move on? Uh, speaking of such things, donations, another big announcement from the government this week, although some massive... Massive fish hooks in that announcement. Let's take a look. T-shirts, raffle tickets, badges. The very public side of political party fundraising. But it's hidden donations and foreign interference the government wants to clamp down on. As the intelligence agency said, you just don't know. Our spy bosses have told MPs they are aware of troubling foreign donations across our political system. So now the the government is moving urgently to ban foreign donations over $50. Previously it was $1,500. The actual effect 
effect is probably quite negligible. The move, though, described as superficial. Foreign owners of New Zealand companies can still donate through their company as much as they want. Uh, and foreigners can still give through New Zealand organisations uh, if they want. I mean, what that does is, I think, very, very minor. And uh, there are a bunch of things like the New Zealand First Foundation. Uh, and people may have other uh, areas where, you know, actually there should be a select committee process. So, would it stop donations like the $150,000 given to National by a Chinese billionaire's New Zealand company? It goes a long way to closing it. I can't guarantee it's going to be absolutely watertight. And it's unclear whether it would stop money being funnelled through organisations like the New Zealand First Foundation. Does New Zealand First get much money from overseas? <laughs> Why would you ask a question like that? Well, Andrew Little says party secretaries and candidates will have to check carefully the source of all donations. It's not clear what reasonable steps a party secretary will have to take and so as a result uh, we're going to have meaningless law, an erosion of trust in the law. It's a good start uh, but as the Green Party has often said um, we think that further reform is necessary. Once the bill passes it'll be up to the Electoral Commission to decide just how the guidelines will actually look. So interesting timing. Andrew Little, I think, has like picked up his desk and gone, whoosh, I want everything off this because he's came out with donations yesterday, cannabis reform, uh, and then we've had the Napuhi settlement, we've had Pike River re-entry developments, four things in the space of about 12 hours. I think he really wants to go away for Christmas pretty early because he's trying to get everything away. Yeah, but the donations, I think, is interesting uh, in the sense that this is Andrew Little, I think, saying he's sick of the Justice Select Committee. He's yeah, sick of yeah. waiting around for their been report. Bogged down they've, been, they've been doing whatever's going on, the politics behind the politics on that committee, which is... is evenly balanced. They uh, they have not yet released their 2017 elections report. Normally it would be out by now. They've had the spies in front of them a couple of mm, times mm. saying we're worried about foreign interference and relationships and so forth. And Andrew Little, for whatever reason, has decided, look, I'm not even going to wait around for that report. I'm going to come out and say this is what we want to do. But it's so piecemeal. It's so small what they're really doing. Reducing that from 1,500 to 50. Uh, easy open up for attack in the sense that, well, you know, you're putting on a party secretary and candidates now have to vet every donation and check that they know exactly where that comes from. That's putting a huge workload on those people to do that. And that's the only, at this stage, that's the only kind of backstop to check where those donations are coming. Yeah, and the Prime Minister was saying yesterday in, um, in her um, stand-up on the bridge that, hey, you know, this is, this is our first response. There is mm. more stuff that needs to be done. But there seems to be some debate over whether this would sh- actually shut down donations coming in from foreigners who have set up a New Zealand company here. Yeah. So Prime Minister seemed to be saying yesterday, oh, that would require more work. But the minister today was saying, no, 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 it would stop down. Yeah, shut so down that's that kind what he, because he's saying the onus is on the party, party secretaries right? and candidates. So if someone comes to you and says to National Party candidate or Labour Party candidate, whoever they own, say, hey, look, he's, you know, 100K or $100, whatever it is, you then, as that candidate or general secretary, have to go and find out where that company's based, who the where they you know, find out all those details yourself. And that's just putting a huge onus on them to do that. Now Especially Andrew a Little, smaller party, especially right? a smaller like, party. Like or imagine even, act. Yeah, or... even for a big party. I mean David Seymour made I think a valid point yesterday. He said, Oh, we've had we've had five donations online today. How do I know where they've come from and what yeah. the backstory is behind those donations or the party secretary to do that? And the party secretaries have a lot of work 
as it is. So it is, you know, obviously that is part of their job anyway to know where donations are coming from. But I think, so what Andrew Little was also repeatedly saying is that the Electoral Commission will then go away and draw up some guidelines around here. And I think that's where we'll see the finer point. What the government's doing here is rushing through this legislation, getting it in place, and then they're going to go back afterwards and try and firm up some of those details. And that's where it could get them into some trouble as well because you're, you're basically... Uh, jumping the gun a bit um, and, and we've obviously, speaking of guns already seen mistakes with some of the rush legislation around gun yeah. laws and as they say rush legislation's bad legislation and I just do question why the urgency on this. Yeah um, and as you mentioned just before Katie a big day yesterday they also spoke, um, well they also announced a lot of detail around what Kiwis will be voting on for the cannabis, the cannabis referendum yep. um, so f- be able to buy 14 grams per day would be um, the maximum someone would be able to buy at a, at a shop but they'd also be looking to set up um, almost like Amsterdam style coffee shops where you could have a, a coffee or a tea and, and smoke, a, smoke a joint as well in a, in a shop, um, you wouldn't be able to have alcohol with that, you'd have to be um, 20 or over to access it, big punishments if you supply under 20s now, the government's argument is um, hey, you know, you're sending a strong message that it's not good for young Kiwis to be um, smoking this. Mm. And, and and they believe that this this um, regulated market would make it harder for young people to access, um, to access cannabis. And it's interesting because I kind of compare it a little bit like to alcohol. This is a very, very strict regime when you compare it to, to alcohol where you've got the, you know, the limit is 18 years old. I mean, you're right, we could go to a liquor store right now and, and buy, buy 40 bottles of yeah. vodka enough to kill ourselves That's 10 just times a weekend, over, right? Right. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> yeah, or, or tobacco. Um, you know, there's just no limit on you know what how much you can, you can how much you can of, buy. This yeah. is this is a, a, a lot tougher and, and more restrictive. Also, you'd be able to grow two plants um, per person or up to four in a household. So yeah, I guess Kiwis have got a lot more you know detail around that, but. As think, Paula Bennett said, hey, a lot of really important questions still haven't been answered yeah. yet. And Andrew Little was open about that yesterday at the announcement yesterday as well. I think it's just interesting that we're all of a sudden seeing everyone discussing how much 14 grams of cannabis actually is and realising that's quite a lot. And It and, is, right? And, but, you know, yeah. yeah but and also, the discussion around it. Do you know what it means? We're having a conversation in New Zealand about this and what we want the law to look, and that's ex- look like, and that's exactly what politicians should want to happen and it gives people you know eight months or so to actually have this discussion yeah and i mean for some people i mean if you're someone who used cannabis once every couple of weekends or something that 14 grams could last you a year whereas if you're someone who's going to go to a party and take cannabis cookies or something you might use it all in all in one day but it is yeah i guess um and i think andrew little said yesterday it's basically half of what you can get in on a single day in canada yeah Um, don't forget how much um, tax the government will also be getting as yeah, a which result is, of this, which yeah, is a good which thing, Which is isn't unclear, it? Yeah. I think, at the moment exactly where they're going to yeah. try and And I think there's that. been some studies around the cannabis economy, and we've already seen a number of, com- both for medical marijuana and, and for this, actually companies are already getting in on that and going, we need to be ready for this. This is going to be mm. a bit of a boom, perhaps. And another thing Andrew Little was saying, you say they still need to figure out, is also, if you're going to legalise it, what sort of drug driving testing mm. measures you're going to have in place? Of course, at, at the moment, we don't have um, saliva testing in place. The police use um, roadside impairment, which is it takes a long time, but it's incredibly accurate. I think nine, uh, over 90% of people who fail those um, roadside impairment tests, you know, the physical coordination mm. tests, go on to fail the blood test for illegal drugs. 
But it's going to be interesting because the technology isn't perfect. And I think some of the stories I've read about saliva testing in Canada, for example, like the, the kits don't work when it's really cold. Obviously, it's a lot colder in Canada than it is here. But you also get reasonably high rates of false positives and false negatives mm. with these testing. So it's going to be interesting to see really Julian Genta is looking at that, that. Yeah. at the moment um, and whether or not how, exactly how they're going to do it will be interesting, whether they're going to have to suspect you or whether they're just going to do random stuff like mm. breath testing, it's not sure. But I think also it can cost up to like $45 a test. So there may be all that tax return they get from those from the cannabis sales will go back on. Yeah, so I'd, I'd be surprised at that cost if you saw mm. random breath testing, uh, random drug testing like you do see with alcohol breath testing at $45 a pop and people having to wait on the side of the road for 10 minutes for that test to come back. You'd hope they've already done some work on it because they don't actually have that long. Well, they should really have it in place well, now anyway, I think right? Julian, so they need to be Julian ready. Genta's taking it to Cabinet this year, I think. So another big announcement. We've got two and a half weeks to go and uh, still quite yeah, a Yeah, I'm not sure if they'll be announced yet this year or whether they just yeah. start start looking at it um, and it'll be really interesting to see what sort of technology they might adopt and how many different drugs you'd test for because my understanding is the more drugs that you test for with a saliva test the longer you basically have that person sitting mm. at the side of the road waiting for the result to come back to say hey you're off on your way mate yep, all good yeah so it's going to be so fascinating another big yeah it's, next year's definitely going to be a, a big year and so we'll just do a few more of our little wrap up the year here um so biggest surprise this year oh biggest surprise i think biggest surprise would be to see how strongly um national has rallied in those polls labor mm. was up on 48 you know simon bridges people were like nah you know his, his leadership's under question and i think it was our april poll he's on 40 you know there's a lot of Suggestion, you know, Judith might that try and roll him, through, or he, yeah. he, he wasn't the yeah. right leader. And I mean, they've, you know, even in opposition where they can't do anything but complain, um, you know, they don't have any purse strings, they can't yep. spend any money, just to see them just come back and be well in front of, uh, you know, Labour. And of course, you've got to take into account the Greens, which totally removes Nationals' lead there. But just to see how strong they've rallied, they've it's come, been interesting. Yeah, that yeah. is, yeah, yeah. I agree. And you? Um, yeah, I think um, that that Shane Jones has failed to keep his mouth shut is no surprise at all, it's probably the least surprise. But I think, um, uh, again, it's probably actually the least surprise, but is that New Zealand first moving away from from the government slowly, slowly, slowly over the year and seeing how that's gone. But Jacinda Ardern has, has managed to pull it back at the end of the year, I think, and really tried to put a tighter control over them. Yeah, and... Politician of the year. Going on from what you said, in case you get in first, I'm going to say Simon Bridges. Ooh. And this may surprise people, but at the beginning of the year, or even last year, no one thought he was going to survive. And as you just said, the poll has, you know, he, they have stood firm on that poll and they've held on. And right now, no one is talking about rolling Simon Bridges. Doesn't mean I think he's... Even double figures. He's even into double figures. He has, managed to, he has managed to pull that back in. And I still think, I think he takes the wrong position on some 
some some issues. I think he creates almost digs a hole for himself sometimes on issues. Uh, he seems to be wanting to be very populist, um, you know, tough on law and order, you know, tough on gangs, all those issues, um, and clearly trying to mark themselves out in, in New Zealand first territory and so forth. But he's now got a hold on that leadership, and I think, you know, I, I don't think unless something massively changes, he rode through the Jamie Lee Ross stuff at the end of last year, um, and Judith Collins has constantly been there on his back waiting for him. But now there is no one talking about rolling him. Uh, he still has, I think, a massive effort ahead of him to be popular with voters mm. and be popular with... I know a lot of people who are National Party supporters who don't really like him, but I think they do now see him as leader. And and we'll see at this stage Simon Bridges versus Jacinda Ardern leadership going in to next year's election. Um, and... What's interesting, I think, what we've got is what we had in reverse with John Key and, and the various Labour leaders is, in this situation, Jacinda Ardern is very popular and Labour's support is so reliant on her. National support is reliant on national and not so much Simon mm. Bridges. And we used to have that with John Key and Labour as well. So I think um, it makes for a very interesting election year. Yeah, I, I think if I had to give out a Politician of the Year award... Um, I think after those Christchurch attacks, you, you had Stuart Nash, police minister, doing an enormous amount of work trying to get these um, gun, gun changes through. You know, um, an incredible workload there. Responding to that, that was pretty cool. And I and also think it kind of takes an interesting for a police minister. He's um, takes sort of interesting uh, positions on things, such for you know, like really advocating for pill testing at dance festivals, something you might not. Normally, expect a police associate with a police minister. So yeah, quite um, yeah, interesting kind of perspective that he takes on things. Even though you'd expect the police minister to be strong law and order, here he is sort of advocating for what he says like a you know a sensible harm reduction mm. initiative. So yeah, perhaps he wins quietly doing work that you don't realise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd give a token, I think David Parker, if you're talking about a government MP, David Parker does a lot of that hard work behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see. But he's done a lot of work on those national policy statements around urban development, freshwater, uh, the big water reforms. All of those, if you want to talk about what has an impact on the country and has impact around the entire country and will have an impact for years to come uh, and and will also affect votes when it comes to farmers and so forth. Those sort of issues are really important and David Parker's driving a lot of that behind the scenes. Mm. So uh, And also the way of skirting the RMA that nobody's been able to do for many, many years. Do you have a second token runner-up? Oh, I think I'm done. You're done. Okay. Yeah. that's Well, then that's us done for the year. Uh, but back next year without me, maybe I will be making guest appearances through the year given it's election year. Um, and that's uh, One News Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering. I hope everyone has a good Christmas. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's available around this time each week on One News uh, now. And check us out on your favourite podcasting app. Hope everyone has a great holiday. And as always, thanks to the big team. There's a lot of people behind the scenes who do a lot of work here as well. And we'll see you all in 2020. Yeah.